Hello and welcome to the show about shows, San Diego Magazine's performing arts podcast. I am Erin Glennie, editor of San Diego Magazine, and with me is Kim Cunningham, our senior editor. Hello. And Dan Letchworth, our copy chief. Howdy. We are in a great mood today. I already have the giggles. I, I don't know I do why. too. I'm so excited. We have a North County, res- a, na- a San Diego native here, and we have a thousand connections. We didn't. We just found out. But anyway, he is the musical director of Broadway San Diego's Jersey Boys. So he's Woo-hoo. in town very briefly, about to go to dinner at Juniper and Ivy. But we nabbed him for a quick podcast we're so excited taylor peckham welcome thanks for having me i'm excited to be here yeah yay okay um well we're, we're in our conference room at san diego magazine and we've got our producer david if you would like to sponsor the podcast david m at sdmag.com and links to everything we talk about will be on san diego magazine.com or sdmag.com all right let's start out you've got some notes kim what's going on in the theater world well, okay, a couple things. The Old Globe just announced their new season, and there's a couple things to talk about that are exciting. Benny in June, the world premiere musical, is going to kick off the season, so really? that's exciting. Uh, remember that movie with Johnny yeah, Depp? Johnny mm-hmm. Depp. It was like ni- 1993 or, yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> remember. <laughs> I know. I guess what all the posters are going to say. Remember that movie? Yes, yeah, well, it is. Yes, no, it was good. It was a thing. It's like that whole, like, moody Winona yeah, Ryder era, you know, but she was not in the film. It but it's a musical. Anyway. Are I they think it'll be cute. It's a love story. Are they going to sing The Proclaimers? Mm, okay, now you're above my musical knowledge. Or the song from the movie, I would have walked five hundred miles. Oh, is yeah. it, I didn't remember that oh. that was in that. One of my mom's favorites. Miles and I wanted to walk. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> embarrassing. We have a professional Move in the house, join so in. I just I can't even. So actually, the musical portion we were hoping would come from Taylor. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. Mind. No legal obligation. I can only do four season songs for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but it's it's going to be a great season at the Globe, and they're also doing a thousand splendid sons, which is based on the novel, the best selling novel. I'm sure I'm going to butcher its name, oh. but call it Hosini's novel. Yeah, that was a very good book is that s-o-n-s or s-u-n-s splendid sons s-u-n-s ah and i thought uh, it was gonna be a little pun (laughs) i'm less interested that's 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 your that's your broadway (laughs) background taking over there okay i'm gonna do it uh but anyway so that is i'm sure will be lovely and very moving and then um there's another world premiere play by Anna Ziegler from it's called The Wanderers and she did last the last match last year sorry try saying that five times quick but anyway that play got rave reviews and Barry Edelstein's going to direct this one and uh, that should be good and they're also doing Uncle Vanya which I love it's one of my all time favorite classics very highbrow if you've never seen it go see it and it's a new translation take your uncle yes take your (laughs) uncle free uncle day so Anyway, I'm very excited about that. I wanted to also tell you in this week of what's happening at La Jolla Playhouse. Uh, A regular Mar- feature by itself. <laughs> <I know>. Un- <laughs> unsponsored. <no>. Unsponsored. <laughs> 
Escape to Margaritaville has started previews. I'm very excited about this show. And as I was stalking Jamesy Bear on Twitter, I saw his interview with Jimmy Buffett. And I'm a little bit jealous, but I'm moving past it. And I just wanted to say that I didn't realize the lead in the show, Pollock Alexander Nolan. He was Jimmy Ray in Bright Star, which is like one of my most favorite musicals. We listened to the CD for the first year of my daughter's life. Like almost on repeat. So now I'm even more excited to see the show. He's done a bunch of shows up there. He's done so much, and he's done a lot at La Jolla Playhouse, which, of course, I was getting news from Becky at the Playhouse, but um, I I didn't realize he was in Bright Star. Yeah, he was the lead in uh, a show I did up there a bunch of years ago with all the Jersey Boys creatives. Des Mackinoff directed. Mm -hmm. It was Yoshimi Battles of Pink Robots. Yes, yes, which we saw and we love. I know David's a fan. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did that show. That was fun. That was uh, five years ago now, I think. Yeah, so he's Seems a talent. Longer. I think he was in Jesus Christ Superstar, too. Yeah, he's he's a favorite of Des, the director. So yes. he uses him He all likes the time. to work with his people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, over and over again. Yeah. Anyway, so very exciting. I can't wait to see the show. It's in previews now. I, they're not going to let the press come see it for a couple weeks. Um, super excited about that. And then I also wanted to talk about something. You know, if you missed our podcast about with... Um, Larry Baza. Larry Baza from the Arts Commission. Uh, you should go back and listen to it. You still have time to write your people and talk about these arts cuts. And everyone's in an uproar about it. We think, I mean, it's sort of like seeming like it's going to be reversed, but now they're saying, is next year going to be worse? I don't know. But anyway, Voice of San Diego published a really interesting op-ed about it, and the title is is called Smart Cities Are Arts Cities. And I think that's really interesting. And it was, um, the piece was written by Deluge Smith, who is with the San Diego Youth Symphony. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it was just really lovely and something to think about. And I just thought we should revisit maybe just, did you read it, Means, the article? I did. If you keep going, everyone, get to those last couple of paragraphs, because it's a zinger. It's just, it's just so interesting because we were supposed to be increasing the percentage of the hotel tax. Yeah, this was supposed to be the year to, it like kicked in. It, well, it's just supposed to get to more every year at least. And they're saying that cultural tourists stay longer and spend more money a day, every day. So by investing the hotel tax into the arts, we're, it's supposed to you know help us many fold over. And it's also, they're probably going to be cutting from the kids programs and the, you know, the, the youth... And the outreach programs. Yeah, like because the they don't have something. ticket sales and they're not generating tuition. And it's sort of like, but that's kind of where, you know, I mean, the four of us in this room did theater as kids. So it's like, that's how you kind of get the community. You start them young. And it's just. And a lot of that funding comes directly from the commission, which is going to take a direct hit for this. Yeah. And yeah, basically 20% of the of the mayor's proposed budget would come from of the overall cut 20% of that is from the arts which really stinks mm-hmm. so write your council member if you don't know it, who it is google it and we actually have it on our website and uh, the blog from our last episode all the council members twitters and a map so you can find who your council member member is and uh our talk with larry and he I was so can, wonderful yeah. yes yeah, put it's, all that together, and it's. I mean, I think it's this week. They're looking at a revised. So, okay, yeah. So they're they're looking. They're having a meeting on Monday, uh, or actually, so Monday, yeah. May fifteenth, and then uh, the mayor will present a revised budget on May sixteenth, and then a final vote on June fifth. So there's still time. 
Anyway. So bug your council member. Yeah. And those are my stage notes. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> that was very good. I'm glad we ended on that. We're going to play that applause track again. That was, yeah, was not a matinee audience. Anyway. <laughs> Arts are in dire peril. <laughs> I'm drinking a stale Coors Light that has oh been in gosh. the San Diego Magazine fridge for who knows long, how long. Probably uh, J- No David one wants to admit to bringing David Coors Light is, into the is office. is drinking with me. Um, so, so Coors, anyway. if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Coors Light, anyone. <laughs> my favorite. My Uncle Doug's favorite. Mm. He only drinks Coors Light. Mm. Is he going to go to Uncle Vanya? Or? <laughs> I don't know if that is. Got to get Doug out there, man. Doug needs the theater. Come on. We know. If it. he can bring the Coors We all know light. Doug. Let's be real. Come on. He could use it. <laughs> oh, okay, Dan. Okay. Tell us about you blogged about Silent Sky. Yeah, I saw a pretty great show. Uh, it was two weeks ago before our last shipping deadline, so I hadn't had time to post the blog until today. But excellent show at Lamb's Players Theater called Silent Sky. It's the story of the Harvard Computers, which were a group of women at the turn of the 20th century who were cataloging every single star in the night sky. And uh, if you enjoy the movie Hidden Figures about a similar team of women who were employed at NASA to do all the complex math needed for the Mercury missions, you'll probably enjoy this show too. A uh, friend of the podcast and a friend of mine from ages ago, Rachel Van Warmer, is excellent as Henrietta Levitt, who discovered the relationship between Variable stars, luminosity, and uh, oh crap! What was it? Luminosity and distance <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Well, the yeah. important thing was Star it. Uh, her this Henry uh, Leverett's research enabled Edwin Hubble of the Hubble Telescope fame to discover that our galaxy was just one galaxy amid billions in the entire universe. That the Milky Way was not the entire extent of the known universe. So. It's a, a lesser-known footnote to what uh, someone who got more of the credit for what should rightfully have been hers. So go check it out. It's a really fascinating story about uh, women who were doing science when they were not being paid enough to do so. And As opposed to same, now. And it's yeah. the same playwright that they we were talking about la- or you know in a recent podcast. I get confused which episode was what. But uh, who is the playwright? And she's Lauren Gunderson. Yeah, Lauren she's, Gunderson, uh, who they were raving about at um, Moxie. Yeah, Moxie's doing another one of her shows, The Revolutionists. And uh, I forget what the third yeah. show by her. Being she's like right the now. most produced playwright right yeah. now. In she has 2016 a, or 17. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that show as well and seeing how they uh, compare. Yeah. May awesome. 25th, I think it opens. Yep. Okay. Very cool. And Silence Guy at Lamb's Players. All oh, right. And, the, and uh, as always, the, the full review uh, is on sdmag.com slash blogs, the Everyone's a Critic blog. Everyone's a Critic. All right. Taylor, musical director, Broadway San Diego. How the heck did you get this job? <laughs> where where do we begin? Are, We're you, so are you looking to get in line? No, oh, no. I just think I love cool jobs that are not mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. So I guess I'll describe basically my responsibilities at the show, okay. and then kind of tell you how I came into having the job. So first and foremost, um, my job is to conduct the show every night. So I'll conduct the show weekly. We have uh, the conductor, who is me. That's solid grammar there for you. And um, an associate conductor, who basically is uh, responsible for conducting the show once a week. So I can sit out in the audience and take notes from uh, what the audience is hearing every night. So we have we have uh, headphones that we wear that we 
do the show with, but it's very different than what the audience is hearing. And we obviously want to make sure mm-hmm. that um, we're in touch with what the audience is hearing every week. So I'll sit out there and do that. So, um, And the Civic has tricky acoustics, doesn't it? I yeah. Mean, it's, it's sort of notorious for that. It's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things, uh, they have to tune the room. That's where they basically emit different uh, frequencies and find where they ring and where feedback is, and then they try and dial those out. They do that in pretty why, much every why city. Why is that? What wow. makes a theater have good acoustics or not? Or is that way I too complicated am, of a question? <laughs> I, well, <laughs> it's not a very complicated question, but it probably is a complicated answer. Mm-hmm. I sadly know very little about that. All I know is that basically when people say there are great acoustics, it usually is two things. Number one is that there's not a lot of what we call bounce back, which means that if you stand on stage and talk towards the back wall, you don't hear your own voice coming back out at you moments later. Because obviously, as you can probably imagine, that would be very uncomfortable for people singing, for people mm-hmm. talking. Whatever. Like when you're talking on your cell phone and there's an echo and you can't focus. Cause, mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, or like that just, app, that mm-hmm. thing where you're supposed to try and talk with the headphones on and it's your own voice delayed. Have you tried? Have you no, seen that? No. I forget. So there, were, there, were videos, there were videos of people doing that. Techie. I don't know. Um, so there's no bounce back. And then the, the other good acoustics is where it just feels like what we call a live room which means that it's not very dead like a movie theater would be. Like, you know how when you walk into a movie theater, all of a sudden you hear nothing because all the walls are so insulated? So basically a live room has a little bit of resonance to it, but doesn't have what we call that bounce back. I know those are two big factors. Anyway, so going back, I conduct the show seven out of eight shows every week. Um, And my other job is to basically maintain the artistic integrity and vision of the people who created the show. So my boss is a guy named Ron Melrose, the music supervisor, who arranged all the music originally on Broadway and conducted the show originally on Broadway. And then when he left the show, when they started expanding and doing the first national tour and the London company and the South African company and the Malaysian company, I mean, it was was everywhere for a while. Um, He is responsible for making sure that Jersey Boys sounds like Jersey Boys because he's the one who created that sound specific to the show. So basically my job is to maintain the show for the musicians, the cast members, for everybody involved to make sure that I am executing the show as he designed it. So those are my two the two biggest aspects of the job. So when you say conducting, you're conducting the musicians and the singers? That's this right. This is a little different. Yeah, very rarely will you have two different conductors. Usually it's just one for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm So I'm usually located uh, somewhere backstage. Um, me and uh, four of the other musicians, uh, two of the other musicians are actually on stage pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a little camera that's on me, and then there are TV screens throughout the theater, both backstage, on stage, and then even in the audience on the balcony rail, uh, where the actors and musicians can see me and take their visual cues when I'm conducting the show. So, uh, yeah, it's conducting everybody at once, and I also play the keyboard. So I don't know if you've seen the show before, mm-hmm. uh, but it's multiple, oh, we've seen it like six times. times. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. This we week already, fans. a couple no, times. We, Maybe we've seen it on Broadway many times. It, it was like a block from my old office. <sighs> no kidding. And then we've seen it. Here. I saw it twice saw it at the La Jolla Playhouse before it before it ever even went to New York. And then yeah. I saw it in New York at least once. I saw, I've seen the tour at least twice. I brought my stepson for all the cussing and staying up past his bedtime. Yeah, we never remembered go. the cussing until we tried to I take a nine-year-old the to the show. Oh, I yeah. just remember loving the show and seeing it all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I think it's 43 or 44 ooh. F-bombs or something. 
Um, My daughter's new favorite word, But by the way. who's counting? You know what I'm talking about? Um, so ap- appropriate use. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the worst is when you go out and you literally see a family that all bought tickets together and the little kids are legitimately three and four years old. Because they're like, I wonder how much of this is going to stick around. I'm going to pay for therapy on the back end of that, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, um, yeah, so how I got the gig was I was actually doing the show that we were talking about with Paul Nolan up at La Jolla Playhouse, the uh, Flaming Lips musical. This was December of 2012. And I went in and did a keyboard audition for the same guy I was talking about, Ron Melrose, who was the music supervisor of that show. Uh, and so I went in and I played my um, audition for him. There's actually, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I actually have a weird audition story about that audition. It was nuts. So he basically told me, Keyboard auditions, first of all, are very rare. You pretty much either get the gig or you don't. Wait, what was your major in college? Well, if I had gone to college, which I didn't. uh, I wanted, I know, right? (laughs) Get off the bus. Um, No. I would have, I think I would have had a bachelor in music with composition and then minor piano performance, but that's all hypothetical at this point. Um, So anyway, I went in and played the songs that I had prepared. He basically sent me this long description of things he wanted me to play. So I went and I played. He said, um, this was totally unexpected. He goes, that was great, but I want to do something a little different. He pulls out a Ziploc bag full of quarters, like the coins with George Washington on them. Puts them on uh, the keyboard and says, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to pick any bass line and without changing tempo, without changing feel, without really missing a step, I want you to reach into the bag. I want you to grab five quarters and arrange them alphabetically God. by state on the keyboard. And then he just goes, whenever you're ready. And I just had to do it. And I was like shaking, because this is the Wait, biggest Wait, but what do the quarters thing. have to do with the... Basically, so what that chair, what my job ended up being at that show was I was playing two keyboards at once. They were stacked on top of each other. Oh, he wanted you to arrange them while you were playing. While I was playing. Okay. So basically he wanted to make sure that I had complete separation of my left and right hand. Oh, and that was his way gosh. to figure out if I had it or not. I just started sweating just hearing this. I know. Yeah. I'm like. It was crazy. Did he later appear in the movie uh, Whiplash? <laughs> yeah, he should have. He should have. Like, the day he shaves his head, I'm out of here. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently it was. I was the only one out of like the handful of guys that went in for it uh, to do it. And so I got that gig. And um, then about a year passed. And then the winter of 2014, he offered me the job on Jersey Boys. Wow. So were you, you've been with the tour that long then? Yeah, just over three years now. Okay. Yeah, so three you years in March. take the actors when they first get in the show and you teach them the parts. Correct. Yeah, they'll do some rehearsals with um, some folks who are in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, what we call the associate music supervisor is out there. Um, one of our old music directors is out there. So they'll spend some time in the studio with them learning the show. And then, as you can imagine, there are uh, you know eccentricities and very specific kind of things to our touring production that when they arrive, I then have to enforce of, no, we actually sing it this way and we cut it off with this person and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But yeah, that's the other big part of the job. Do you have to, how does it, when you talk about losing integrity over a week span or something, you know, what are you like, oh, watch it there, you're a little lazy or late, or I mean, how, what does that sound like? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the notes are things that pretty much only people who've done the show for as long as we have been doing it will ever notice. Mm -hmm. But if you start 
you know, measuring yourself against that standard, it's a downhill slope mm-hmm. to crapville. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So basically, making sure the integrity is up to the level that you know it needs to be at and that your department is responsible for being at is the main reason why I think the show has lasted for so long. So, I mean, I'll give notes of uh, ooh is sounding a little too much like ew. So make sure that we're singing, ooh, that'll be a note for the ensemble. Or um, an example of maybe not upholding the integrity of the show. I mean, our um, we actually just had the same guy that I've been talking about, Ron, with us a little while ago. Because um, we're preparing for uh, some additional cast members to join us in Los Angeles next week when we're there for six weeks. So he was here and he was telling us about when he was visiting a couple other companies that recently closed um, overseas in different continents. How he showed up and was very uh, kind of disappointed with how the show sounded. He said, this is not at all what I left the show as. So he was very happy when he came to our show. So that kind of is a difference of, thank you. Yeah, it's always a nice, it's always a really nice thing to have um, his approval of that. But that's kind of why we uphold it so that he's happy with it. Yeah, I can see how over time you would kind of just get into your thing and sort of lose the. Yeah, that's very true. uh, What you said about how uh, most of the, I think that's true for most artists is most of what you do, uh, your audience won't necessarily notice it, but uh, you have to maintain. Otherwise, over time, Dennis will know that something is off. They exactly. Won't, they won't be able to point to any specific aspect of it, but they'll know this doesn't it just doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah. How, exactly. It's it's amazing. How do we get Jersey Boys for? Is it a week or a weekend? And Los Angeles gets six weeks. Sadly, that is purely up to the theaters that book us. So we don't really choose our schedule. It's the um, local theaters that actually want to put us in their schedule. So this season around, we we usually do very similar to what is like a school season. So we'll start up around September um, and we'll usually break for the summer around June and we'll usually have at least five or six weeks off for the summer, which is great for a touring show especially. I have a friend who's been on The Lion King for, I don't know, 14 years or something as Timon, the meerkat, and they just go. They pretty much never get time off. He's Um, another local, right? He is, yeah, Nick Corleone, do you know him? Well, is he related to Amy? He is, oh. yeah, husband and wife. Okay. Yeah, oh absolutely. Oh my gosh, is yeah. she touring with him or what is she doing? I don't really know. I don't know how that situation yeah. goes. But I know that he's been with the show for a long, long time. But yeah, we, we've been lucky to get weeks off um, because unfortunately there are a lot of brand new shows that the theaters want to have. So we'll have breaks where we don't have anything booked and we'll, it's fine for us because we get a week vacation. But um, yeah. I've always been curious about the logistics of a Broadway tour. So like now... I guess when you go to LA, do you guys all get on a bus and drive there? Or how do you get there and then where do you stay? I would imagine for six weeks it's different than coming into San Diego for four days. Right, it actually varies depending on the contract, the type of contract. Mm -hmm. So um, where we are in the contract tiers is um, we actually get per diem every week that uh, will cover our housing if we want to uh, go with company-sponsored housing, which is usually at a discounted rate at a hotel nearby, we can do that. Um, or if you have friends in town, like when I'm home, I can stay with my parents and save the per diem money, which is great. But say if you're lower down on the tier level, they'll actually 
provide like the housing. Like tree from the left? Or? Why not? Why not? Well, it, you actually, it's it's show by show. So there uh-huh. aren't different cast members on different contracts, usually. Not that I know. Mm-hmm. But if you're down, let's say, on what we call a CEDA tour, which is short engagement touring agreement, they might provide the housing for you, and you might have a roommate where you are... Uh, you know, you have to stay in this hotel, you're with this person, we're here for two days, and then we leave. And, you know, that's a much different type of touring situation. Uh, But uh, traveling to and from different cities is actually dependent on how long it takes to get there. So if we have to travel by bus, and by bus it would be 11 hours, they have to fly us, because um, as musicians, we are actually on the actor's union um, travel schedules and basically if you go over nine hours in a travel day they have to pay overtime Mm -hmm. which has happened a couple times because of flight delays and storms and things like that so uh, you know again it varies on the contract but usually um, 90% of the time we travel by plane which people think oh that's much better than a bus it's not it's Mm -hmm. way worse Um, traveling by bus is absolutely the way to go on the, on our contract mm-hmm. because you get two seats you you know a three-hour bus ride is a three-hour bus ride a two-hour flight is a seven-hour day mm-hmm. so uh yeah we we actually prefer bus days for the most part so we'll um take a bus up but i'll actually be driving my car up to los angeles because we'll be up there for so long but yeah again it, it varies from show to show but mm-hmm. that's kind of how it goes with us it's interesting and how do they move wow. the sets and everything they they are very their, good at that mm-hmm. yeah we have I think eight um, semi trailers mm-hmm. that house all of our stuff and there's one advanced truck that will actually go ahead of the other ones um, to do some of the rigging and some of the automation motors and things like that that have to go in before the set can be built on top of it mm-hmm. but basically the, the the turnaround schedule is amazing I mean the crew right. has a way tougher job than we ever will and we all realize that and definitely tell them about that whenever we see them so here for instance we'll 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 end the show with a sunday night show i believe it's at 6 30 so we'll come down about uh 8 45 uh, excuse me 9 15 or 9 30 so about 2 45 is about our runtime with intermission so right away the crew will start loading out into sunday night into early monday morning they'll probably be done i don't know around 2 or 3 a.m the trucks will leave immediately They'll drive up Monday morning to wherever. Sometimes that drive is eight, nine, ten hours. They'll start loading in Monday night. They'll come back Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. and they'll load in all day long. And then we arrive at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and do the sound check and then a show that night, Tuesday night. So the turnaround time is unbelievable, but they have it down. And some of these shows, I mean, The Lion King, like we were talking about Nick's show, I think is still 16 or 17 or 18 tractor trailers. And they travel something like 130 Mm. people. We travel only about 50. We do about 53 people. Management, crew, everybody included. Um, And so we're a relatively medium to small size tour, if you can believe that. Wow. Um, So it's, it's pretty incredible. The whole science behind that, I still don't understand, frankly. So. What a nightmare. Yeah. Sounds horrible. <laughs> That's amazing. It makes you really appreciate when mm-hmm. you see a tour. Mm-hmm. I'm also wondering, so how did you, did you start playing piano when you were young? I mean, it sounds like you must be very proficient. So yeah, I took, I, I started playing piano when I was four and I took a, a couple years of lessons um, before Bach really didn't interest me anymore, sadly. <laughs> so um, my parents basically said, That's cool. I mean, you're doing this for you. You're not doing it for us. So do what you want. So I started doing uh, playing more by ear, which is where, you know, you listen to songs and try and figure out how they go on the piano. 
Um, and I did that for a very long time, uh, basically having minimal um, sight reading ability, to be honest, until about 13, 14, when I was doing uh, youth theater. And I was curious about, you know, when do you start playing piano for the shows? Like, what do I have to do to do that? And uh, I realized that I didn't really know how to read the score, the sheet music. So I went home and just kind of, over the next couple months, taught myself how to properly read both staffs of the sheet music, treble clef, bass clef, and then challenged myself to play for a show. And I started doing that around 16 or 17, um, and then kind of went in that direction more when a lot of my friends who were actors, as you guys know, I mean, you grew up doing the, the same youth theater, as they try to pursue that, and you kind of see how difficult, even mm -hmm. how good they are, it doesn't matter. I mean, mm -hmm. it's purely dependent on what the show needs and things like that. So I didn't really feel called to pursue that. So I definitely went more towards the music side of things because it was more stable, more dependent. And uh, I thought smart. if I can get Very good smart. enough, I could keep working for a while. And luckily enough, I have, knock on wood. So. Yeah, we all ended up in publishing. Teaching yourself to read music is not is no easy task. I, I was the same way. I learned piano for several years as a kid, but I never learned how to sight read. And it just, you know, you memorize a few songs, but then it fades. And I don't think I can pick it up in that amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Wow. It's, yeah, Pretty it takes impressive. a lot of just challenging you yourself to do it. You must have a gift for it, But the singing, but too, I mean, you have to kind of tweak the singers. Yeah. I mean, you have to be a good singer, kind of, or right. at least point out the flaws. Yeah, we've got two <laughs> We've got two Frankie Valleys with us who share the eight shows every week because not one guy can do all eight no. shows. It's so vocally demanding. Yeah, so our, our one of our Frankie Valleys, I actually warm up before every one of his performances. We sing through parts of the show and make sure he feels good and... He tells me how he's how his voice is feeling, and so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, you know relating to the actors and making sure they're feeling good, and if they're not, how can we maybe facilitate them to sing a little easier or to perform the show a different way to help them, uh, you know, when they're not feeling a hundred percent. So it's a lot of personal kind of things like that. What happens if one, both of them are sick? I mean, well, we are, we actually have four technically with understudies. We have four Frankie Valleys that travel with us. So we have the two main guys and then we have the understudy who plays Joe Pesci mm -hmm. in the show. <laughs> yes. The actor Joe Pesci. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we have uh, a swing who actually covers a bunch of different parts. What's called an off stage swing. So he's actually not in the show every night. He only goes on but he covers six or seven different roles. And yes. Frankie Valley happens to be one of them. So that is a big, big job. So yeah, wow. there's a whole list of people. And then if we're out of those people, which happened on Broadway pretty recently, all four of their Frankies were out sick. Oh they God. called in a guy who had done it years before and just said, can you be here by 5 wow. p.m.? And, oh, and he did the show that night. It's pretty oh my incredible. God. Yeah, wow. it's unbelievable. That's incredible. Oh Between God. those that tractor trailers. start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Between the crew and all of the understudies, there's so much going on that you don't even see. There's mm -hmm. so much that goes into it. Makes yeah. you really appreciate it. The magic yeah. of theater. Write your district council member, everybody. Yeah, come <laughs> on. The arts. That's Save right. The arts. For every person you see, there's 10 more who would lose employment if yeah. they didn't mm -hmm. have the funding. That's true. All right. And if you have not seen Jersey Boys, really, you need to get to the Civic this weekend. It's it's just one of the best shows to ever come out of San Diego. You'll love the music. You'll leave the so theater good. singing it. Bob I haven't seen Guadio. it. Should I see it? <laughs> yes. Never seen it. Oh, oh my okay. gosh, so good. Dan, you've never you have to seen see it, it at least three or four times in your life. Okay, it's three or four times this weekend. 
Yes, let's <laughs> no. go. Hit the matinee <laughs> and the evening. Just yeah. do it. I love it. Bone up. Yeah, we'll see you there. All right. Well, thank you, Taylor. Look for Taylor in the back with his. That's right. Stick. That's right. You can see me in the audience on that little TV screen on the balcony. Oh. Well, we're just about out of time. We're going to quickly tell you about a couple other things coming up. Um, Damn Yankees, another classic I just love. Um, presented by San Diego Musical Theater is June 2nd through the 18th at Spreckles Theater downtown. That's coming up. What else? And another one of my favorite musicals. I am sorry. I just love musicals, but this is one that you have to see at OB Playhouse. It's also opening on June 2nd, so we're giving you guys some time here to get your act together and go see these shows. Uh, I love you. You're perfect. Now change. <laughs> At OB Playhouse. It goes through, it opens June 2nd and goes through the 25th. I think that started here. That was another show. I think it it started at the theater in Old Town. I think so. However many years ago. Mm. I might have to double check that, but I think it did. You might be right. I think it did. Um, This is San Diego Theater. It's such a good show. It is good. And I'm going to go see The Music Man out at uh, Welk Resort in Escondido. It's another venue I hadn't heard of before, but Music Man was the first show I was ever in. I was salesman number two. (laughs) I love it. My dad was Mayor Shin, so I'm going to go and feel all the nostalgia and and, uh, sing along. Oh, how fun. Music Man. All these out there. Musicals. Yeah, well, we're big fans. Yeah, and that's at uh, Welk Resort in Escondido through July 30th, The Music Man. Very cool. And in the meantime, Jersey Boys at Civic Theater. That's right. Taylor, thank you so much for coming. This was really fun. Thanks Our for local me. boy. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to give us a line? Can you <laughs> sing us off? No <laughs> f bomb. Sing us off. Well, let's see. No, I don't think so. I'll, 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 I'll let the I'll let the Everyone guys do just that. Imagine it. Okay. Yeah. Here, I'll play you a little we'll just something. Edit something in right here. <laughs> Can you hear me playing it? I'm playing it yep. on the table. Yeah, that's that sounds like Sherry. Baby. Yeah, that was yeah, that was Sherry. Thank you. Wow, you got it. Wow, awesome. Very cool. I'm just feeling it. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, and we will see you at the theater.